This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is, giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis uh, with the number one show at 5 o'clock, and we're here to tell you all the... Stuff that's going on and uh, in the studio with us, we've got two common sense Democrats and only one common sense Republican. Craig, um, you're outnumbered. I'm outnumbered today. What happened, John? We, we have Craig Eaton, uh, a famous attorney, uh, 10 years uh, with the GOP in Brooklyn, and uh, he, he's our common sense Republican. And we have Judge Richard Weinberg and Governor David Patterson, two common sense Democrats. And, and let me tell you, we're going to write a new book, In, in Search of Common Sense Democrats. It's, it's a pretty short book. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be about three pages. <laughs> David, we're the last man standing. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a TriCast, uh, broadcasting out of the AM, uh, WABC uh, Studios, AM 770, and WLIR, and AM 970, The Answer. And Lydia Serrano, you look great today. You are dressed to... To the nines. Thank you. I'm, or maybe I should say the tens. There you go. I am a co emceeing the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society Gala in uh, Westchester County today. today. I'm leaving a little early, but it's all for a good cause. So you got to help the kids with cancer, make it a cancer-free world. But we got a great show. You know, John, how you always say we tell everybody what's going on around the world. So before we get to Ambassador John Bolton, who's going to tell us what's going on overseas, we're going to find out what's going on in Albany with Fred Dicker. Then we're going to find out what's going on in Washington and all the voters throughout America with John McLaughlin. We're going to find out what the heck is going on with the economy with Steve Forbes. But first on the line, Ambassador Bolton. How are you, sir? Good afternoon. Glad to be with you. Well, does anybody really know what's going on in uh, the Ukraine or what Putin is thinking of? Well, no, at this point, uh, there's this just terrible grinding conflict uh, continues. The the Russians, uh, many thought by withdrawing from northern Ukraine, where they had, had not had much success, would get their act together and have more success in eastern Ukraine. It uh, doesn't seem to be going that way. I mean, they're still making small advances, uh, but but certainly nothing dramatic. And, you know, we are, we remain in a race for time. Can, can the Russians get their act together before the full weight of U.S. and other NATO military assistance uh, gets to the Ukrainian front lines? And opinions are still divided on that. Uh, so it's uh, the, the, the terrible conclusion from that is this conflict just continues to grind away uh, without without an end in sight. Well, um, there, there was uh, did did the Pope actually go to Moscow, or he was th- thinking about going to Moscow? No, I think I think uh, the he he was speaking from Rome, and uh, I I don't think at this point they're going to let him into Moscow, even if he wants to go. He uh, criticized given the his remarks. I, he yeah, criticized he, he, the, the patriarch. Yeah, he said, don't, don't be an altar boy for Putin, which uh, I don't oh, think won him any oh. friends or influence in Moscow, that's for sure. Yeah, that doesn't even protect the Pope. 
No, it was. I was surprised at that remark. It's sort of unpope-like. <laughs> yeah. It was a. It was an ambassador to Judge Richard Weinberg. There was an article in the New York Times which troubled me deeply. With the Times revealed that U.S. intelligence is giving information to the Ukrainians to take out Russian generals. Did you see that article? Yes, I did. I've seen. I've seen those stories. Yes. Isn't that awful? I mean, why are they doing that? Well, you know, I think what we've been doing right from the beginning is giving the Ukrainians intelligence about potential Russian targets. And, uh, you know, that has included by the by what our administration has said or people in it have leaked uh, targeting Russian planes, Russian troop movements and so on. Whether we had specific information on particular generals, that that's not clear to me, although um uh, General Garasimov, the equivalent of their uh, of our chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, was in eastern Ukraine uh, last week. I think it was maybe two weeks ago, and uh, and the Ukrainians tried to to get him and and didn't succeed. But you wonder if if perhaps that was our intelligence. Uh, look, these are commanders in battle in the field in what we think is an illegitimate war, and they and they are they are therefore permissible targets. Ambassador, uh, is is anybody uh, trying to instigate uh, uh, additional warfare between Russia and, and the United States? Well, I think uh, I think what what is happening now is that Putin is looking for ways to try and intimidate the United States, try and intimidate Western Europe. And, and he has succeeded to a certain extent. Remember the the decision not to provide the Polish MiG fighter planes that the Ukrainians had requested. And what the way Putin's doing it is through making threats, uh, intimating possibly using nuclear weapons to try and and uh, and get the NATO alliance not to provide the kind of assistance that Ukraine needs. And there are many uh, who look at what we're doing right now and say this is not enough. That's, I've described it as I just did as a race between our provision of aid and, and uh, the, the performance of the Russian military. Uh, but it also calls into question exactly what our objectives in Ukraine are. And, uh, and, and I don't think we really have, have made clear to ourselves what those objectives are. I mean, I have, I have my suggestions, but to have an effective policy, you have to know what you want to end up with. And I don't think the president's articulated that yet. Ambassador Bolton, there are those rumors that Putin has cancer. If he does have cancer, what does that mean for the war? What does it mean for Ukraine and Russia? Well, you know, I, I can't I can't speak to the to the medical diagnosis. I don't I don't know. I wouldn't recognize it probably on television, e- even if he did have cancer. But I will say this, because I think the conclusion some people uh, make is, well, if he's facing his own mortality, uh, that's affecting his judgment and, and maybe uh, making irrational decisions. Uh, having having met uh, with Putin on many occasions, uh, I'll just say I, I don't think there's any emotional content to it. I think he's completely cold-blooded. Uh, and if he is suffering from cancer, uh, it may want him. It may make him want to achieve his objectives uh, while he's still alive. But I don't think it will fundamentally affect his decisions because. Uh, I, I just don't think that's that's in his makeup. I could be wrong, but that's that's my take. Ambassador, this is Craig Eaton. Uh, you know, we've heard since this whole war started that there's a lot of the military in Russia that are not happy with what Putin is doing. Do we have any insight into what's going on internally in Russia? Do we are we hearing anything? 
Well, there's certainly signs of, of plenty of discontent, no doubt about it. Clashes really between the upper levels of the military, political clashes, the upper level of the military, the upper level of the intelligence services over, over the uh, obviously uh, appallingly bad performance of the Russian troops in the first two months plus of the war. Was it bad intelligence? Was it bad strategy, bad tactics? Uh, my, my guess is that uh, that there will be a reckoning after this is over, whenever whenever that is. But I would be surprised if in the middle of this uh, they went at each other's throats because that would distract from the problem they've still got in, in trying to achieve their objectives in Ukraine. And I think they're all probably gritting their teeth and trying to figure out how to achieve those objectives after the fact, I think, then could come – uh, the reckoning, and I, I bet there are going to be some uh, sharp knives out because they have suffered dramatic losses, according to the Ukrainians. I think those numbers are probably accurate. Uh, and the question is, even in their minds, will they achieve enough to justify those losses? Now, it's, it's certainly problematic, and uh, it's. I think everybody's losing over here. I think. Uh, uh, the European people are losing. I think uh, Russian people are losing. I think the Ukrainian people are losing. It's an overall loss to everybody. Well, so a loss to uh, the Russian people too because now there are reports that Putin and his allies are threatening concentration camps and other suppression of people who are dissidents within Russia who oppose the war effort. Yeah, look, it's uh, uh, they, the, the people around Putin, but many other Russians – too, feel very passionately on this subject. They think Ukraine, and while we're on the subject, Belarus and some of the other territories of the former Soviet Union are part of Mother Russia, and and they are determined to bring them back into the empire. And uh, and and that, from their cost-benefit analysis, is an objective worthy enough to suffer these costs. Other Russians obviously disagree, and that that'll be part of the reckoning, I think, after the fact. But I don't think there's any. I don't think at this point there's sufficient popular dissent to threaten Putin's regime. Uh, what comes after, uh, you know, is harder to predict. Well, thank you so much, Ambassador Bolton. Thank you so much thank for you. all that you do. And thank you for, Thanks for having me. Continue to speak for America. Thank you.